Yo, what up? You've heard how every superhero has their origin story, right? Well, welcome to the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your host, Desi Abeda. I'm a high-performance mentor, registered dietitian, and family man. Tune in as we explore the high-performance habits of high performers, their origin story, and how they went from disbelief to belief in their own hero's journey, where they got to a point and shouted, can't believe I made it. Enjoy the episode. Yo, what is good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your high-performance mentor and podcast host, Desi Abeda. Guess what, people? Today is episode 100. (laughs) I know that we create these milestones. Uh, I'm not really sure why 50 is a big number, why 100 is. I mean, hell, it could even have been like 102. Like, it doesn't matter to me. The milestone of 100 means so, so, so damn much, but it even it, it means even more that you as a pod family and pod listeners and in our Can't Believe community, that you stuck with me this whole time. You know, we have people in 23 other countries listening to this pod, you know, listening to a kid from Tucson, Arizona and Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's just, it's, it's fucking surreal. So uh, a lot of what you're going to get today is such a, a great amount of value and, and really a huge immersion of, of what the process looks like. And so in so many ways, folks, uh, pod family, thank you so much for tuning in each and every episode. And now that we're at 100, we're, we're in full celebration mode. For, so for today's pod, before we get into what we're going to talk about throughout the day, um, throughout this day, throughout this celebration, I want to talk about the big thank you that we are given to our pod family and pod listeners. So we are, we are now doing a current giveaway over the next more or less two weeks, probably like 10 to 12 days. And so what we're doing for three lucky winners, we're actually going to announce this on May 6th at noon uh, Pacific Standard Time. So I'm going to announce this and we will select our three winners. And so those three winners are going to get podcast merch. They're going to get a life-changing journal that I've spoken about on this pod, the five minute journal. And then they're also going to get gifted or they're going to receive a free month of, of one-to-one performance coaching by yours truly, um, through a lot of our Voxer programs. And so there's, there's a lot that we're giving away. So for three lucky winners, you're going to be able to do that in order to enter. All you have to do is go to the podcast page on iTunes, give us a rating, please hit that five star. If you look at the ratings right now, we like one person gave one star and no review. So I'm just like telling myself the story that they did this on accident. But to the person who gave us one star, like for like, why? Like, like why you got to do that to me? Like we got, I, I think, I don't know how many ratings. I, we might have like 39. I, I might be pulling that number out of my butt. Um, we have 39 five stars and then one, like one star. Like, come on. Like, who are you? Show your face. You know, as I'm saying this, you're probably one of my best friends that's just trying to fuck with me. So, uh, but anyway, we're going to be doing this giveaway over the next two weeks. So, like I said, the only thing that you have to do to enter, or if you don't even care about entering and you just haven't rate, uh, rated and reviewed the pod, friends, this is how we get this message. This is how we grow the community. And, and this is how uh, we continue to get more ears to this pod and, and 
helping us to really acknowledge what it's like to be a high performing in life and in all of our endeavors. And so we'll be announcing that on May 6th. All you have to do is go rate, review, take a screenshot. You can DM me at Desi Abeda. You can DM us at I Made It Pod and let us know you entered. And we will announce those three lucky winners. And for those that don't win, again, thank you so much for rating and reviewing. This is how we how we get seen and how we get heard. So it's a, it's a glorious day today. So for today's pod, I wanted to do it in, in sure fashion in the ways that I've done it in all the past seasons. We're actually going to rock a couple more episodes before I close down season six. We're going to take a small break so I can realign with, with things that I want to make sure that I do from the standpoint of providing value for you all because I want to continually do that. So for today's pod, we're doing an ensure fashion of our clip show. So I am going over the six most favorite episodes that I've had. Each and every episode uh, holds a different place in my heart. And so I wanted to go ahead and make sure that we sort of provided you with the clip show. And really, like, I'm not even going to call it a clip show. It's a celebration episode. So without further ado... Here are the six episodes that, for me, were completely life-changing. So as we start off, you know I got to start with the very first episode. I know that I was like trying to get my bearings and trying to get comfortable doing it over a microphone and with headphones on. And uh, I don't even want to say that it's cringe because I don't even look at myself like that anymore. I look at myself as like, hey, man, like what you did for this episode one, what you did sitting in that chair, pressing play, pressing record, like, yo, that was a courageous act because I know how much you overthought this project. I know how much self-doubt. I know that this was a scary thing for you to do. And as one of our all-star episodes, if you will, said like, hey, show up and, and do it scared. So as you hear me kind of go on and, and see the evolution over the last hundred episodes. Uh, this is me doing it scared and I hope it's a great reminder for you. So enjoy this first clip. I'll catch you on the other side of this later. I think that we, we should definitely dedicate uh, an episode just to our, our fathers, you know, and Absolutely. I think, you know, people aren't going to be able to see actual video footage, but I'm pretty sure we'll, sh we'll share some tears together. You know, anytime you, man. you know, you know what I mean? Anytime you get me talking about my dad, um, you know, thankfully he's still here, but anytime you get me talking mm -hmm. about him, I'll, I'll get teary eyed real quick. Cause I think, and this is a huge reason why I really wanted to do this. And I'm excited to do this with you. Um, when we speak to the heart of men, when we speak to fathers, when we speak to those people who are wanting to be leaders in their family and fathers, um, mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, helping to help them understand their role and also help them understand that they don't have to do this perfectly. But I think you alluded to this that, and I think it's huge. Adversity is going to happen. Now, what you do with that mm -hmm. is the magic, right? Because exactly. a lot of what you had said, Matt, I, I definitely resonate with. I think, you know, I, I, I didn't end up going D1 or, you know, playing arena football, <laughs> but, you know, I, I definitely wanted to, but, you know, I'm, I'm five, six, <laughs> one sixty, like there's not a whole, and my, my, my 40 times, like four, six, that's my best. So I mean, we got yeah. linemen in the NFL running that right now. So exactly. yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my, my story is really similar in that, like I, I had to definitely transition from be, like being known as an athlete to all of a sudden trying to find myself. And I think throughout this process, I'm constantly trying to find myself because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wanted to be a doctor when I first went to college and then, you know, general chemistry mm -hmm. happened. I got that C and I was like, well, I'm not getting into med school after this. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, so I fell into nutrition and, you know, as a registered dietitian now, I, I just fell in love with the role of culture and love 
and food and the science behind it and mm-hmm. really just going with it because you and I are, are, are literally jack of all trades in that I think that we represent uh, not only just being diverse, but also diverse males in the dietetics um, career field. I think we're like 0. 0.5. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's definitely a rarity where we're at right now. You know what I mean? So, and mm-hmm. and it's something that has been really healing for me to understand because I've, I've always felt like I was, I was different, you know, in, in the best of ways. I always felt like I, I wanted something more than, than other people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm right now I'm in the studio of a really good friend of mine, Tyler Lopez here in Tucson, Arizona. You know, we, uh, we grew up in some of the same parts and we really, you know, resonate with one another in that. Not a whole lot of people want to do what we're doing, which is just being more. And I think, Matt, you and I share that that same that same ideal with just wanting yep. to do more and wanting to be more. And so let, let's talk about let's talk about you and and, uh, and your kid. You know, let, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about what your kid means to you. I'll talk about what my daughter means to me, because, again, this is a podcast for the men of purpose podcast. Right. Like these dads yeah, of purpose podcast, you know, Um Tell, tell me about your kid. Tell me about what it means for you to be a father, and we'll kind of just go from there. Oh man! First, I, I gotta I gotta thank my wife and the support that my wife brings and what she brings to the table. Um, that's definitely my partner in crime on everything, and everything that happens with my son, like that stuff wouldn't be possible even without her, without her support and even the moves that we're doing. But everything as far as what my son means to me, man, it's I, I mean I wouldn't change it for the world, and it's literally entirely the world. Um, just yeah. from the moment that he came out and I yelled out yeah. and they told me it was a boy. Wait, <laughs> so, you didn't know beforehand? I, so I kind of did, but you, you know what? You just roulette? Like, one, Dude, you're crazy. <laughs> well, it, it was one ear. It, look, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. It was one ear after the other. I was, yes, I, I was there at all of the appointments, <laughs> but literally I was not getting sleep because I was studying for my PhD. And also I had baseball, which is a basically a, a, a high revenue sport. So, yeah. you know, the teams that I had, like between that, and also that and making sure my wife is happy. Like, man, my, my brain was all the way just all over the place. Yeah. So I knew, but then it was official that it was a boy once I seen that little tallywhacker come out. Tallywhacker. I don't know if I've ever heard that reference to a penis. Sometimes they may say it's a, it's, it's a girl or it's a boy, you know, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe Dude, I feel successful. I, I said the word penis right. in one of our first podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, drop the T word. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he's everything, man. He's the reason why, you know, I, I don't give up on anything. Um, and also just giving, trying to give him everything and all the opportunities that my, my dad tried so hard to give me my brothers. Um, but you know, there there are some circumstances that you can't control, um, especially depending on what environments that you come from as well. Um, so, and you can try your hardest, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, but you know, just, just seeing him and seeing him every day and, and just waking up to that every day. Like it's just, it's, it's everything. It's my reason why. Yeah. Um, and it, it helps me understand like why my dad made the sacrifices he did for us as well. Yeah. Um, so as far as with Kingston, man, I mean, <laughs> that's it. Like I said, that's my heart, man. Yeah. Um, so Kingston, you know, I just hope one day that what I'm doing today, uh, he can be and do a part of being a piece of the puzzle to make the world a better place. Yeah. You know, if it's something small, short, minute, whatever it may be, just him doing right and doing right by people and also him finding his purpose in this world. Um, as I'm trying to still search and find my purpose in this world, like I feel like I, I know a direction, but you know, 
I'm just like I said, I'm I'm just enjoying life and taking taking it day by day and enjoying my time with my little man. Yeah. So no matter how tired I am, man, no matter how tired I am, yeah. Uh, no matter how down I am, and actually he's gonna be he's the reason why you know I feel like I didn't fall into a, a serious slump when I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yes, me and my brothers we're, we was all there for each other. My mom as well, there for my mother and everything. But this little dude, you know, seeing him every day, holding that little dude and everything too as well, helped me you know remember. You yeah, know, you gotta keep going. This is what your dad would want. This is what pops would want. Yeah. Um. So you gotta make sure that you hold his honor and make sure that you're showing him what it means to be a man. Yeah. Man, I I think that's that that right there is huge because, uh, and you know, this isn't really a knock on people who don't have kids. You know, I, it's not to you know alienate them in this way, but uh, for those that are that are parents, and you know, especially in my life. There have been times in the in the short three and a half years that Rory has has been born that um, I, I've really struggled, and I think you mm-hmm. know when you are purposeful and you want to pass on that legacy of of love and presence and and all the really wonderful things like authenticity. I think you know, especially in my case, Rory is is a huge anchoring force to remind me that uh, most of the time it is not about me. <laughs> like, yeah, well said. You know what I mean? If, if I'm struggling, well if I'm in an area where I'm not living authentically to, to who I want to be, you know, her beautiful little smiling face reminds me like, hey, like I'm the next legacy. So what are some ways in which you want to teach me to be a better person in the world? And, and it's funny too, because, you know, at three and a half, she's at this really great school that we love. And we just had our uh, parent-teacher conference and... <laughs> The teacher was like, you know, she's great. She's a wonderful human. And you know what? Like the thing that might be of some concern is like she isn't really um, she doesn't really know letters. My wife and I look Mm -hmm. at each other and was like, well, she's a great person, right? Like, yeah, she's wonderful. Like, okay, well, the letters, the math, all that shit's going to come later. Like just 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 right now, like I want her to develop into a great person because that's what we're trying to do at home. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? And and I think that if we look at the bigger picture of trying to make sure that we are leaving a legacy that we're proud of, I think it has everything to do with how we treat one another, especially my wife and I at home and teaching her what healthy relationships look like. So I love the exactly. fact that you even you mentioned, you know, your wife, you know, in the first, you know, when I asked you, like, <laughs> tell me about Kingston, you're like, no, well, let me tell you about my wife first. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and sometimes some people, you know, it, it, that slips up, but you have to put your relationship. I feel like you have to put in my personal opinion. I feel like you have to put your relationship first. That relationship is what blossoms the beautiful, yeah. you know, the child to be the child or your relationship or even your blessings that you have, yeah. you know, coming about. So that relationship is the first foremost thing that's going to ha- allow those things to happen. If that situation is not good, if that relationship is not fruitful, if that relationship is not you know, happy, joyful, or whatever else you want to use as far as in the vocabulary to put into yeah. the relationship, then nothing else is going to, is going to, it's not, that's not going to matter, but it's not going to come out the way that you want. Yeah, man, Matt, if you listen to this, bro, I miss talking to you. Uh, for those that didn't know, Matt is now the lead performance dietitian over at LSU, go Tigers. Uh, the man is in the SEC, he's doing big things now, so um Wow, that was our first episode, and it was kind of just like me and Matt, you know, we had met for like a year prior to this, like on Zoom calls, just randomly talking about like, what could we discuss? How could we build this? You know, how can we collaborate? And and I think one day we just decided like, hey, you know, let's let's just go ahead and record a pod. You know, I had a really great local friend that 
had a, a dope studio. Like this place was so dope. If you've ever seen the pictures and you're actually going to see this on a lot of our socials because I'm going to be going back over like really big times in the pod of the last hundred episodes. But the man's studio, you're going to see a couple images. He had a, he had a golden mic. Shout out to you, Tyler. Shout out to Odin, uh, two friends of the pod who helped really start this pod. But yeah, so I, that, was a, that was a really great moment for me. And so as we head into this next clip with Chris Flo, uh, I believe it was episode, I want to say 22. You know, this was the first time that I had a writer on. And for those that didn't know, I mean, writing is always something to me in the same way that podcasting has been. It's always something that I overthink. It's always something that I'm like, you know, this isn't good enough. I have a great deal of, of imposter syndrome that, that tends to come up for me when it comes to this. And so to have Chris Flo on, I had had him on on a previous pod, but he was actually someone when I first started my social media account, he was someone that I really, really looked up to. And to be able to not only celebrate his first book launch, but to get him to dive into some of the values that he's teaching his kids and, and, and a lot of the values that he wants to teach others in a lot of his writings, I thought it was natural that this man had to hit our all-star episodes over the last 100. So Chris, man, you're the best. We'll make sure that we put everyone's information in the show notes if you want to go ahead and follow these people. Um, give Chris a big shout out. Buy his book book is absolute fire if you are trying to instill value systems in your life you know if you're a parent now or going to be parent or even if you have the next generation kind of in your thoughts as a mentor this is the perfect book to do this so i know you're going to enjoy this episode i'll hit you on the other side of this one man that, that's so funny that you uh you say that because I, I i resonate with that chris because i'm the same way like get me on video like any video work that I've ever done, like I don't write a script. It's like, dude, just let me go. One take yeah. wonder. Like let, let me just stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work out in the same way with writing. It yeah. very much looks like a fifth grader wrote it. <laughs> like my mom is an English teacher. So all throughout my life, she would read things like, like Desi, this, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's the you know, it, that, man. Yeah. And as you're talking about it, dude, it, you know, for me at least, thank God for, uh, for Grammarly. Um, you know, I, I do my $250 subscription each year. And just send it off and like they digitize it and everything. So nice. um, I'm glad, man. I'm glad. Uh, so I know, obviously, for our listeners that are listening right now, probably have heard the, the first episode when we when we kind of touched on it. So, uh, Chris, tell us about the book, the title of the book. Uh, tell us what inspired you to, to write it. And then we'll obviously get into like some of the big uh, principles and pillars that I was like, damn, this is gold. <laughs> yeah, so I have a copy here, so you guys see, boom. So the it. title of the book is Build Your Legacy. I actually ran home to get one because I had forgotten uh, today. <laughs> yeah. So the title is Build Your Legacy. As you notice on the cover, there's the you know, for there's 18 principles in the book, and so it's 18 bricks on the cover, Love and it. so that represents the foundation. And then the one on top, that's for whoever my kids, in my case, my my children, to then yeah. build the rest. So we're putting the foundation down for them. Um, so the inspiration behind the book was for me was my kids when my first son was born or my girl was pregnant, you know, I wanted to leave something for him to understand where he comes from. Um, mm -hmm. I hear, and I'm sure you, with your family, you hear stuff all the time. Oh, your grandfather used to do this. Or your great grandfather always said this. And you yeah. hear these stories and they're beautiful stories. And, but they get diluted as they go down from generation to generation. Yeah. And so I heard these stories about my grandfather or my great grandfather 
through family members and they would tell me certain things like my my dad's dad would tell me certain stuff and it was like i wanted my kids to have that somewhere where they can read it and always go back to it rather than having to call me up and be like dad remember what he used to say you know whatever yeah. so yeah. It, it, it i wanted it to be something where all right he's going to have some parameters on the type of person we uh, dare i say expect him to be like he's going to be yeah. his own man but here's the guidelines of the rules of what our family stands for and so now when you leave this house, it's up to you to represent that. And here's kind of like your bylaws or like, you know, I don't want to go into religion, but you have your Bible. Here are the Ten Commandments yeah. that you don't break and you kind of stay within these yeah. this realm. And so I wanted something like that for my son. And so I sat down with my girl. I sat down with my parents, just conversations with her parents. And so just a kind of mixture of everything we got and narrowed it down to 18 principles. And so that's what the whole book, the, the premise of the whole book is. I, I love it, man, because I, I think, you know, one really big thing that I really resonate with from a value perspective is legacy, right? And so you start the book with describing legacy. So you kind of already did with the bricks and leaving the brick on top for them to kind of build their own foundation uh, from your foundation. Um, so, Chris, talk to me about legacy. What, is, what does legacy mean for you? Uh, you did a really great job in the book of, like, talking about your grandfather, how he had a stogie in his mouth, but he never, ever smoked it. It just was there. Right? <laughs> um, so, so tell me about legacy, man. What, what, does that, what does that mean and where does it come from for you? For me, it comes from our ancestors and also for the future, right? I think there is yeah. every family has a thing. I feel like back in the day, you know, if you look at, like, like Game of Thrones or something like that, right? If Starks, you know, they have something they stand for. Yeah. You know, the Lannisters have something they stand for. Like everyone knows when you hear a certain name what it stands for. And so I wanted to make sure we had that in writing for my family because it's like this is what we stand for. If you, if you interact with our family, you're going to expect these types of people to come out of it. They're going to expect yeah. these principles, these values. You want this moral compass um, from our family. And so for me, that word legacy, that's what it touches upon where – you know, we need to have a solid root. Um, there's, a, I think, again, I was talking to a friend yesterday. For, I, I don't remember the woman's name. I believe it's Victoria Wolf um, mm -hmm. that had this quote that said, I'm rooted, but I flow. And yeah. for me, that perfectly describes legacy because it's like you have mm -hmm. your roots. Like my son's roots will be this book and what my grandfather and, and my girl's dad has taught them and instilled in them and what we instilled in them. Those are going to be their roots, their foundation but they're still going to be able to flow through life, but they need this foundation. I feel like a lot yeah. of kids are lacking that. So people are chasing things because they don't have a foundation. They don't have a legacy they represent. So they're yeah. spinning their wheels, trying to create something, but without any kind of uh, compass of where to go, they're just going in a hundred different directions. Like one of the principles yeah. in there is the uh, direction determines destination. And so they have no direction. So they don't know where the destination is. So they're just chasing yeah. And so yeah. legacy is like, here's your direction. You choose the destination, but here's the direction we're going to push you in. And yeah. so that to me is what defines or symbolizes legacy. Chris, damn you. I actually took note on that chapter. So you, <laughs> meant, <laughs> so you mentioned it. So let's, let's go ahead and, and dive into that. So what I thought was really cool was you had talked about the, uh, not so much the differences, but the, um, the differences between destination, right? And definition. And you talked about oh, yeah, it. Yeah, that's um, another one you're talking about. All right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you talked about an analogy in there of like the word sexy. Yeah. Right. And and I think what you're talking about there too is is just 
it's so perfect because what does happen if you're not anchored somewhere is that you do end up chasing certain things. And I think a lot of our podcast listeners and those who are going to see this on video can really resonate with that is you find yourself chasing things that you really don't think are going to fulfill what you need in the long run, but instant gratification will show you like, okay, that might work. Uh, so can you dive into that, that principle, man? And also just that analogy with like the, the term sexy. Cause I think you kind of just, you kind of just touched on it. It was literally one of my, one of my notes, man. I love it. <laughs> That's so funny, man. And I, I'm laughing because a friend of mine, actually, I, she read the book and she was like, tell me more about that. And, and it was just funny. <laughs> yeah, tell- That's the one you brought up. Um, yeah. So basically it's like, you're going to, the change is inevitable in life, right? So mm-hmm. it's either you're going to have to know when to change your definition and when to change your destination. And yeah. so what I talked about with that was when I was younger, the, the word sexy to me was the hot girl in the club. So you're chasing yeah. these girls in a nightclub. I used to work in nightclubs uh, teaching salsa lessons. So I worked like every Friday I was in the club working. So if you've been to a nightclub once, imagine every single Friday for like two years, that's your yep. life, right? Yep. Yeah. So you meet the one girl and you'd be like, oh, everyone, this is the person. I, I got to have this person. Let me get a phone number, yeah. whatever. And then like you try to hook up with them or whatever. And then every weekend, it's another, you're trying to chase yeah. something, chase something. And you think that if I can only hang out with her or date her, then I'm, I'm going to be good. Yeah. And then you date that person, you realize they're shallow or you're shallow or whatever. It just doesn't work for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. And then you jump to the next and you keep changing your destination, thinking that that's going to fulfill you. So sometimes what you have to do is change your definition. Yeah. So for me, the definition had to change where once I found out who I was, and that's the most important thing, find self first, then it's like, okay, that's not really what I define as sexy. Like for now, it's like I have two kids. Like my girls, you know, she's working, she's helping mm-hmm. it, obviously at the house. So we're changing diapers. I'm yeah. giving one a bath while she's feeding the other kid. And so yeah. now that has to, I had to change my definition of sexy. Like that's sexy. The fact yeah. she's able to balance work working with the kids, having fun with my kids, reading to my kids at night, like that stuff becomes like, wow, this is a great person. And now that becomes way more attractive. But it's important to know that it's not wrong. The other version, it depends where you're at in life. And so the same thing with the word success, how many people define success as making a million dollars and doing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And they define it like that. And if they don't make that, they start changing careers and they keep changing paths rather than like, Right now, I'm not making the money I used to make, which you, you read in the book. I don't make that kind of money anymore, but I'm successful. I'm actually happier now than I ever was before Yeah. because I changed my definition of success. Now, success to me is time with the family, just being able to hang out, close friends, sitting around a fire pit, doing podcasts with people like you. This makes yeah. me successful in my eyes. So this is my definition. Like, It's not you saying, hey, I'll be in your podcast. Pay me five grand and I'll show up. Like, Yeah. It's not the same, right? For me, anyway. Yeah. Again, other people, that's their definition. That's cool. But I think it's yeah. important to understand those two uh, differentiations between the two. Whew. <laughs> Absolute fire. Uh, if you want to hear the rest of that episode, I, I made a mistake. It's not 22. It is episode 26. Make sure you go over there and listen to the full one. You know, any of these clips that I'm showing you, I'm going to cut off in a really great place because I actually want you to go back to the pod and listen to the full one. So... You know me by now, like I'm giving you homework constantly. So make sure that you go back to episode 26 and listen to that, that full episode, that full conversation. It's such a, such a, it's a lot of mind effery in the way that it starts to help you to evaluate your current values and what your values have to do with the success and, and anything that you're pouring yourself into. So, you know, for, for a lot of reasons that obviously made the all-star episode now. 
as we look at this next one, I think this has to continue to be one of the fan favorites. Um, Jessica Isaacs, you know her then as the UCLA performance dietitian. She is now the performance dietitian for the Los Angeles Clippers. Our girl is in the show. <laughs> uh, she's actually going to be coming on over the summer as we head into season seven, just to talk about the transition, what it was like, what it's like to put yourself out there. There's just so much about Jess that I that I love, and she has actually grown to be a, a phenomenal friend. You know, one of these days we're going to meet in real life. I'm, I'm putting it. I'm putting it. Uh, I'm putting it out in the universe. It'll happen. But with this episode, obviously, this has become a fan favorite. You know, this was a really intentional, vulnerable talk between the two of us. And I was so thankful for Jess for really the the, the trust and, and safety of, of being able to dive into this. You know, I know that this conversation for her it has has one that's been really important because I, I, I believe that she has taken this opportunity and and really just continued to be intentional about putting herself out there, continuing to be vulnerable, continuing to work on her mental health, continuing to work on her recovery. There's just like so much about her from a, a, an individual, a, a human that I love. And so one of the fan favorites for sure, you knew this was going to make it on our all-star episode, the last 100. Without further ado, Jessica Isaacs, let's get it. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it was a, it was definitely a learning process because when I was going through recovery, so she was five and, and she, like, I mean, just, just straight up and down a bean pole, just a tall, skinny kid. Um, mm -hmm. But she, she would stand in front of the mirror and, and pick out her skin and, and, and like, like pick out fat that wasn't even there and, and just say yeah. things about her body. And I'm like, there, your shows or anything like that at this point. So where is where is this coming from? Um, mm -hmm. And and I knew that it, it had to have been from me. But at that time, you know, I wasn't going through my dietetics program or my nutrition education program. So I didn't even know like the right things to say or not to say. But I knew that there yeah. were certain words that I had to take out of my language. So I took like the word fat out of our our language. You know, we, yeah. don't, we don't say words like that. There's just certain ways that we talk about people and we talk about things. Um, when, you know, when I was growing up, you if, my parents, if we saw there's a big overweight person in public, you know, my parents would point and look, you know, and, yeah. and that's something that I realized, oh gosh, you know, I, I have that, that instinct to do, but that's not because that's the way I feel. That's yeah. how, that's something that someone else has implanted in me. And I had to kind of really look at all of the takes, take, you know, inventory and take stock of all the things that I, all my feelings and, and all my reactions and all the words that I was saying and really start to kind of clean that up. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I started there. I started really not letting my daughter see if, you know, I was still kind of doing some diety kind of stuff, not letting her really see that, not having those conversations with her about yeah. that and talking about the body about, you know, gosh, your body is so strong. Look at all the things you're so good at soccer. Look how strong your legs are. Look at how fast yeah. you are. And talking about ourselves in a way that was different than how our body looks because mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. And we put, yeah. so, we put so much, such a huge emphasis on it. And it, and it, it like, it, it takes our joy. It literally sucks it out. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, and it's so influential too. And I wonder, you know, you, you kind of talked about going through hard times during that time. Right. And, and I wonder, like for me, one of the driving forces has always continued to be like my, my little girl, right. When I really struggle, it's like, hold on, like you're trying to set a precedent. You're trying to lead a legacy that you're really proud of. Right. And so just for you, like, I wonder if you can talk a bit more about like 
what role your daughter has played in your life um, and also some of the hardest times that you've had to go through and, and what that meant to be like, oh, like I got I got to do something better for for my little girl. Can, can you expand on that a little yeah. bit? I mean, everything. My daughter has been everything. I mean, yeah. oh gosh, I'm a, where's the tissues at? Yeah. I'm gonna start crying, Desi. <laughs> Are you ready? No. So, you know, everything uh, she's been, she's been everything, you know, and, uh, the, the reason why I'm still here, um, your viewers probably can't see, but I have this like, I like, where's my camera? I have this, <laughs> I can't even find it. I have this <laughs> tattoo on my arm. It's this dragonfly. And I got that for my, I got that to symbolize my daughter after I tried to take my life. Um, sorry. But if I didn't, if I didn't have her, if I didn't have a reason to do better, mm -hmm. a reason to want more out of life, uh, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So my, my daughter's been everything. Mm -hmm. I, I share so much, just straight up. Thank you so much. Like I, I appreciate the, the vulnerability. Um, I share so much of what you're talking about, you know, cause there are, there are moments where I'm just like, uh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm fucking this up. Like I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I do that all the time, all the time. Where's the book that tells us how to dance? Yeah. Right? Where's the book? <laughs> no, because it, it's so true. Because like people ask me, like, hey, like Des, like, why do you do what you do? Like, well, how are you so passionate all the time? I'm like, yeah. look, man, like. <clears throat> I wish that I had what I'm doing when I first started because God, man, parenting is such a vulnerable experience. And you know, I, my wife and I just celebrated our 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 second anniversary uh, this past May, and it's just there's no book, right? Yeah. And you you have all this past conditioning and these things that you like really have to unlearn. It's such it's so fucking hard. Yeah. Like you have your parents as an example, and then you decide like, okay, I liked what my parents did here, or I hated what my parents did here, <laughs> yeah. and you try to do it different, but you don't know if it's going to work out. You just know yeah. how you are. You're like, you're like, I know I'm fucked up. So like, how, yeah. do, <laughs> how do I not fuck up my kid, right? Like that's, <laughs> all I know is like, this wasn't the answer. This yeah. wasn't the recipe. Or functioning adult, or maybe it was. Maybe like maybe it was the the recipe, and and you know, and I had to figure it out myself. Maybe that's maybe that's the message: is that you do the best you can for your kids, and you just hope that they have enough of um, tenacity, of enough uh, spirit to to figure it out. But gosh, I really want to set her off on the on a much better foot in life, um, and and how she feels about herself, and gosh, how I did. Yeah, you know. Mental health is hard um, because in order in order to truly get to that place where you're able to recognize that you, especially for me, you know, growing up in, in a Latino home, like you don't talk about hard things. It's like mm -hmm. the family knows, but no one really talks about it. You might have a couple of people who might ask if you're OK, but mainly it's like don't talk about it. And then just, you know even just with the male culture as well, like the, the very toxic masculinity, it's like, go provide, shut the hell up. And 
Mental health is really hard. And and you talked about like this moment where you were about to to take your life, right? And and it really struck a chord with me because I've I've had that moment as well. And it came back to like who do I want to become in order to be better? Um, what sort of role do I want to have in my daughter's life? Because shit, she's not going to be okay if I'm not here. Right. And so um, just for you, can you, can you kind of go back to that moment? Like what was going on in your life at that time? Sure. So I, uh, gosh, at that time, marriage was coming to an end. I was, you know, in a relationship, married for like eight years. We had just, I had just finished my dietetics degree, just landed a fir my first like dietetics job. Things were going well, it seemed like. <laughs> like I was working in a private practice. I was even maybe going to make six figures that year. Like things were looking Yo. good. Things <laughs> yeah. were looking good. And I was like, this is it. I found it. Yeah. But but I had this relationship that, that wasn't working. You know, we mm -hmm. just, we had, we had grown apart for a long time and, uh, feeling more like roommates than, than partners. And, um, I think we were fighting against, fighting against each other for, for a long time. And, um, so anyway, so we were going, we were going through a divorce and we'd split and, um, he tried to take my daughter, um, and he's not her biological father. He tried to, he tried to take her, um, Shit. and she said she didn't want to be with me. And, you know, so, so for me, I was like, well, God, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I've achieved what I, I wanted to achieve, but at home, nobody's with me. Yeah. And it, it was cause I wasn't with me, you know? Yeah. It's because I was doing, I was doing everything for everybody else and, and trying to please everybody else all the time, but I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And she saw that. You know, so even though I'd done all this work coming from the eating disorder recovery since she was young and now this she was like thir 12, 13 at this time. So it's been a been a while. And and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had just let her down. I let her down. I yeah. was I wasn't me again or I was, you know, in a in a depression, um, in a funk. And so, yeah, so I, I, I tried to take my life and um, gosh, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and what happened was is is I. Uh, I had a few phone calls and um, I went back home and I sh my parents were there and I hadn't seen my mom in like 10 years. And uh, she's sitting on my couch and I had, I had had a bad relationship with my mom for like my whole life. And uh, she's sitting there on my couch and, and she knew she didn't really like, she, she hadn't been there for me for a long time. So she knew that she, uh, she, she really didn't want, she just wanted to be there for support. She wanted to show that she was there to help. Um, and, uh, and now I've, I moved out to California and now we have like the best relationship in the world. It's just like, it's, it's been like a complete, like 180. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I had to, I had to get back in touch with, with me and actually maybe even find me, you know, find yeah. out who's Jessica, what lights Jessica up. You know, I'm on mm -hmm. this path doing these things because it felt like the right thing to do. I'm doing the nutrition path because it felt like the thing that I was passionate about for the first thing in my life. I'm in this relationship and I'm married because I've got, you know, we've got a great family unit. And this is, I'm just doing the things that I've been told I should do my yeah. whole life. And, and I had to navigate away from that. And I blew up my life. I blew up my life and I started all over. I came out mm -hmm. to California on a four week temporary contract and just hoped, <laughs> hope things would work out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, for the first time in my life, I stopped, I stopped really um, planning and I stopped like stressing about stuff. And I just like, kind of like took my and felt that like, if I just, 
just led with my heart that that I would find the right way. <laughs> hey, how you like my timing? There's a reason why I'm doing this, okay? I need you to go back to these episodes and listen to the full one, all right? So that episode with Jessica Isaacs, again, it was a really great opportunity to dive into a lot of vulnerability, and I'm just so thankful for her, like I said at the beginning of this, just to, you know, just for being able to describe to us what it's like to, to love yourself first and, and, what, and what that feels like. So Jess, thank you so much. Please do yourself the favor. Go back to episode 42 to listen to the full conversation. Uh, this next one, I want to say that it's, it's not my favorite and mostly because of what it represented. Now, let me kind of paint a picture for you. It's November, more or less of last year. I had gone through this big rebrand and maybe to you, you're like, oh, cool. Does you change the podcast name? Like, all right, I like the, I like the art. Oh, I wish it was that easy. You know, for any, anyone out there who has ever gone through an evolution or a change or a rebrand, like it's, it taps into your soul. Okay. And so this rebrand for me was really big. Uh, because what it meant is I was going to take myself out of just offering fat loss and nutrition coaching because I felt a deeper calling to help high performers in a way where we're establishing habits and rituals and systems to help them embody the type of people that na- they need to become in order to see the other areas of, of their life and things that they're pouring into to represent their healthiest self. And so with this next episode, this, you know, going back to November of last year in 2021, it was the first time that I launched an idea and going up to it. And and you're really only going to hear a small snippet. And I wanted to put it on here because what it represents is what it's like to, to fail. (laughs) God, I fucking hate saying it right now. It represented what it was like to fail. Uh, a little background. I have not shared this with, with any of you really. Um, you know, I launched this program and it was such a, God, it's such fire. God damn it. Like it was, it was so good. I felt so good about it. I launched it. (sighs) Crickets. Literally my worst fear of no one joining happened. And I told myself, and, and I was talking about it in the pod, and, and maybe you can kind of get the sense. You know, I told myself that if for some reason my worst fear happened, that no one would, would join and no one would buy, that I was going to go away for the weekend. I was going to leave my phone. I was going to go off the grid. And I told my wife this too, like, hey, if this does happen, I'm not trying to put this out there, but I do need to think about the possibility of this being a huge and massive failure. And so if this does happen, I'm going to go to the mountains and I'm just going to check out and, you know, I'll be back on Monday. I'll be safe. I just need to readjust my life. Um, and it just so happened that as this, as this episode that you're about to hear was getting released, I, I kind of knew the writing on the wall and I ended up having to, to do some real big inner self work. I felt like such a huge failure and it, it was a hard moment for me. But now that I look back being, you know, more or less six months removed, it kind of taught me that failure isn't the worst thing. You actually learn a lot from your, from your failure. 
And if the ground level of failure for me is, is no one, no one joining and it, it literally can only go up from here. So why not continue to honor your ideas? That failure didn't kill me. <laughs> I thought it was going to, but it didn't. I dusted myself off. I connected with some of the things that I really, really enjoyed. And, and I mean, in a lot of ways, I, I, I have continued to keep it moving. Next idea, next passion. You know, how can I pour into the people that I have now? Like, what, what can I do in order to make this something that I'm, I'm super proud of? And so, yeah, this is the first time I'm talking about this failure. But this also reminded me that failure is not the worst thing. It might feel like it, but it's not. <laughs> and I survived. And from that point on, the culmination of this 100th episode, like, this is a product of that. Hey, Des, that sucked. Get up, keep going, honor your ideas, honor your passions. So here's a small snippet of that moment for me. I'm super thankful for it now. Then I fucking hated it, but now I'm super thankful for it. The foundation is is left in your habits and they're left in your routines. And so for someone who is trying to step in to their healthiest self so that they can help others, this past year for me, just like with a lot of people, especially the past two years, has been really tough because at, at least 2021 has helped me to expose certain areas of darkness that maybe I kind of knew that I should look at, but really in, in a lot of ways that I should look at for longevity, right? And I've talked in, in different episodes about being sober curious, and I've talked about in different episodes about disconnecting and overworking and, and, and really what that means. And for me, it's just an ongoing thing where it's like, you know what, if I'm going to show up as my healthiest self, I need to make sure that I'm looking at some of those darkness areas and I'm looking at areas that I can continue to improve. And it's not only just about being the best entrepreneur that I can be or the best person that I can be, but it goes into being the best husband that I can be, being the best father that I can be. Because, I mean, for a lot of us, I'm sure as you're listening to this or you're watching this on IGTV or even our YouTube channel, I'm sure that we can all agree that like our parents did the best that they could with what they had, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. And it's kind of the same thing here. And now that like, as I start to at least expose some of those areas of ongoing improvement, I, I honestly, like for me at least, the biggest thing that I've wanted to do, especially over the past year, is to show up as my healthiest self, you know, in my business, in my messaging, in my podcast, in fatherhood, in being a husband, uh, in being a person, all of those things. Because to me, like that's, that's the natural high. It, it really honestly is because what it helps me to do is to truly connect with who that person is and to really fall in love with that person. And I've been very clear about this too. For someone who is, you know, in their journey towards self-love and trying to navigate their own version of self-doubt and imposter syndrome, I think it's super imperative for us to have that conversation about how to love ourselves. And and I don't think that it happens enough, right? And so in a lot of ways, over the past year, this has been an ongoing thing. I mean, I would probably say really a lot of my life, but over the past 30 days, I was kind of thinking about like, all right, you know, I want to do something really special. You know, I know the holidays are coming up and I know every registered dietitian out there is going to be talking about how to navigate the holidays and, and how to do this in a different way. And, and if I'm being honest, like I really love the food aspects about what I do, but even pushing it further, it's like, you know, if your resume 
if your routine says that you are taking care of yourself to the best of your ability on a day-to-day basis, you're able to connect with your feelings and you're able to navigate the routines needed, a holiday here or a holiday there is really not going to provide you with, with much of a speed bump because this is where f- true enjoyment and fulfillment gets to happen. If your habits and your routines are in place, one meal is not going to make or break your nutrition if that's what's important to you, right? If your habits and routines are in place and your your healthy connections around you, you're navigating those on an ongoing basis, uh, a holiday or possibly a hard conversation that you have to have with a family member or possibly a boundary that you have to set with a, uh, a significant other or a coworker or a family member, whatever that is, it's really not going to provide you with much of a speed bump because your habits and routines are going to be your resume. And I think that's one thing that I've been really passionate about helping not only just people who are in our one-to-one group programs, um, but something that I do personally in life. It's like really navigating habits and really instilling a level of confidence with a lot of the people that I work with to help them to understand like, no, like I'm on a trajectory I'm on a trajectory for, fil- for fulfillment. I'm on a trajectory of navigating my mental health. I'm on a trajectory of just being my highest and healthiest and, and happiest self. So I don't really need to worry about uh, Thanksgiving or you know the, the December holidays. And then obviously the new year, I don't have to worry about setting goals that I never stick to in 2022 like I have in the past years because I'm doing that currently. And I also have a mentor that I'm getting to do life with that gets to, to help me and guard me for myself at some times. And so in a lot of ways, when I was trying to develop this, I was like, all right, what am I seeing from the standpoint of going through the, the years that I have, you know, when I first started with eating disorders, like, all right, there's a mental health component here. There's a lack of connectivity here. Like there's something. And even as I started working in professional baseball, it was kind of the same thing. Like, all right, the most successful athletes are the ones that are the most purposeful and the ones that are able to navigate their habits and the routines in a way where they just don't stop. They get the mentorship that they need, that they need, they get the coaching that they need. Like, all right, let's just keep going. And, and even just at the community level too, you know, for, for people who have not been able to understand generational trauma, they, they themselves don't really understand what the impact of colonization has on, has had on them, what the impact of white supremacy has had on them. Right. And so there's just so much that goes into how people interact with their habits. And as I was trying to really create this, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to pull on all of my experiences and I'm going to throw myself out there and, and, and really be true to, to what I wanted to do. Because at the beginning of last year, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this on the pod. So obviously with this year, we transferred into the Can't Believe I Made It podcast because I really wanted to help from the standpoint of creating habits and routines. And I also wanted to talk about your own hero's journey, which is why we have guests on talking about their own hero's journey. So when we were the Men of Purpose podcast, I I remember I I ended up doing a group call with a lot of our clients. And I said, okay, I've been doing this New Year's Eve uh, letter exercise. And it's something that's been really near and dear to my heart. And if I'm being perfectly honest, when I do it with you all as clients, it's it's incredibly revelational from the standpoint of, providing you with clarity, with doing things that are not only uncomfortable, but navigating clarity with why you want certain goals in your life. You know, trying to uplift and trying to create purpose behind what you're doing. And so this past year, I wrote it and I was like, you know what? I really would love to give more time to my clients. I would really love to do that. And in doing so, I also recognize 
that because, and let's, let's be honest, you know, being able to work with a mentor like myself, being able to be in a community like a lot of the, the people that we have and the experience that we have, it's going to be an investment of your time, your finances and your grit. You know, there's a lot. And I also understand that as I'm speaking to you as a high performer, you can probably recognize that you're at a certain level. For some listening to this, you're a high performer, you're a really successful entrepreneur, you're a really successful uh, you know, career person, and you possibly also have a family and you and you recognize that in order for your family to have success, in order for the things that you're involved with to have success, that you're going to have to navigate your needs in a healthier way, right? And for other levels, you're really trying to level up as a high performing human and whether that is career, your creative project, you know, whatever that is, you're trying, you're noticing that you're not taking care of yourself. And so as I'm speaking to you, I just kind of want you to, to sit back and observe not only some of what I'm saying, but also observe what I'm saying and how it impacts where you are right now currently in your life. Okay. So as, as I'm doing this, it's like, okay, how do I, how do I help these people? And so when I was writing my letter this past year, I was like, all right, you know, I, Having 40 clients was great. I noticed that I really wanted to give more time and more energy to the people that were investing in themselves in this way. So I, I said to myself, like, okay, I, I don't want 40 anymore. What I want is 10 to 15 people that I can really pour into on almost on a day-to-day -day basis. And because I also recognize that I'm not going to be for everyone, and that's okay, I also want to make sure that there's different levels of people that I can I can help. And so I wanted to launch two digital products. And so the first digital product that I'm excited to talk to you about today is, is our Radical Responsibility Program. And as I was developing this, I was trying to come up with something that could be extremely beneficial, extremely beneficial from the standpoint of helping you to understand that if, in fact, you're in a place where you are stuck, and if you're listening to this podcast, I can already assume that not only ha is this not your first episode, and if this is your first episode, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Please, please continue on and share this pod if it resonates with you. All right. So going back to, to speaking to you as, as a listener and, and the viewer, you're likely in this place where you're noticing that something just isn't right. And, and that's okay. So as I was trying to develop the, you know, going back to the goals that I set this past year, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I want to develop two digital products because there's only one of me and I would love to expand on the type of impact that I have with people, you know, across the board. And that's been really important for me. Okay. And so when I'm, as I was releasing this, it was such a vulnerability project. And in so many ways, what I was seeing was just very intentional, value-based, high-performing people that were not getting their needs met and honestly didn't know how to get their needs met. And anyone, any of my current clients and past clients can tell you that most of the time when we, when we chat, we are chatting probably 80 to 85% about their mental health, about what has kept them stuck, about how to unlearn that. And it starts to become a mental and emotional conditioning thing where it's like, let me teach you the habits in order to be successful. And then even more so, let me teach you how to be persistent, how to create grit for yourself and really in so many ways, how to create self-love. And so with this radical responsibility experience and program that just got released this past week and, and doors are going to be closing here this Friday on the 26th, 
I just wanted to take this pod and and usually with our Mondays, it's usually mentorship Monday. So I'm actually going to combine our mentorship Monday t- uh, for this launch today. And then obviously our Friday podcast. So I, I'm personally going to take off the weekend because it's it's much needed. <laughs> I'm going to spend time with family. I'm going to watch football till my eyes bleed. And it's going to be something that I'm, I'm going to be excited to do. And on that Friday, I'm going to be taking that Friday off and just, you know, putting away a couple hours uh, here and there for client calls uh, just to continue to provide support. So this is this week's pod, if you will, is going to be packaged into your mentorship Monday and then also our longer pod. So this is not going to be your 15 minute pod. So if you're someone who is waiting for this mentorship Monday to be 15 minutes, feel free to listen to the first half and then throw the other half when you go on your walk, because you already know by now I'm already pushing you to, to take care of yourself because no one else is going to do that for you. Like I said, very, very small snippet of the episode. I just wanted to provide a little bit of clarity on what that was. And, you know, even looking back, you know, six months removed, I'm so thankful for that moment. And, and this episode too, because it reminded me that it's okay to fail. You know, what's worse is not getting back up and trying again. What's worse is never starting. I've lived that life. I don't want to go back there. I am not the fullest version of myself in that place. I am not okay from a mental health perspective. It's just not pretty. So yeah, that moment sucked. And no failure is ever something that you're going to wish upon yourself. And at the same time, it taught me so much about failure and why failure is okay. So we're carrying that into another one of my favorite episodes probably the most vulnerable one that I've been on. You kind of know as a pod host, like I'm not really going to shy away from telling my story, but damn, this next episode, episode 77, the five things I want to teach my baby boy when he comes into this world. For any of us who have past parent wounds, this will dig in you a little bit because it did me. You know, I'm, I'm okay with expressing vulnerability. And as I record this small little interlude on Friday, the 22nd of April, and my baby boy is due in, in about, you know, 60 days or so. There's something about having a baby boy that just brought up a lot in me and, and, and continues to, to do so. And and I know in a lot of ways, uh, he is really going to help me heal that, that dad wound. And so this had to make the all-star episodes of, of the last 100. So small snippets, just like all the other episodes. But I hope you enjoy the five things that I want to teach my baby boy. If you want to listen to the full episode, again, go back to 77 to hear the full one. Let's get it. Alluded to what I wanted to talk about today and and with it being 2022 and some changes coming about, I just figured that this might be a really good opportunity to, to get real vulnerable um, and, and maybe create a project that possibly can, can live on for, for latter days, if you will. And so in, in so many ways, I was trying to think about and getting geared up for this pod. And I knew, and we'll kind of get into why this is going to be a vulnerable project for me. You know, any any of this really has been vulnerable. And I think... As listeners, you probably already know what the story is, right? Coming up to this. And now that we're at episode 77, I mean, we're gearing more toward episode 100. And I think 
in my head, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to find a way to try to get to episode 100 and then I'll decide what to do from there. I got to be honest with you all as listeners. Uh, I love fucking doing this. I, I, I love it. It is, it is so fun. It challenges me. I get to talk to amazing people. I get to teach. I get to educate. I get to mentor. It like serves all the purposes. And so with 2022, obviously, uh, underway, I'm really excited about what this year is going to present. And I hope that you have the same excitement, you know, maybe that there's a lot of uncertainty, which I think is, is really normal. Uh, but I hope that in, in the uncertainty, you're finding that there is some comfort in the challenge of rising to whatever occasion is coming up in your life and, and really pushing you to be the hero in your own hero's journey, you know, trying to create that main character energy that I've been motivating and mentoring you to do. But at the same time, like as, as a listener right now, you kind of know, you know, you have, you have untapped potential within you and you have so much potential within you that really phenomenal things can happen if you truly start to prioritize yourself. And, and that's really what this podcast is about. So I figured as a gift to you all, to myself, to, to who I'm going to introduce here in a bit, uh, I felt like this would be really cool. You know, each and every year I, I write myself this phenomenal New Year's letter. You know, my therapist, and I've probably told the story on the pod, I'm going to tell it again. Uh, but if you've already heard it, you can fast forward. <laughs> um, about seven, seven, eight years ago, I had started, you know, ongoing therapy. You know, before that, I had I had seen someone at, at 18 trying to figure out just life stuff. My parents had just gotten divorced. It was like, you know, I wasn't doing well. It was just kind of stuff like that. It was really intermittent, nothing really consistent. But seven, eight years ago, my therapist had challenged me to do this new New Year's letters uh, letter assignment, and the whole prompt behind it is towards the end of the new year, the the goal is to write yourself a letter as if you were from the future a year from now. So, you know, when this get, when this gets launched, it'll be Saturday, the 15th of January. So essentially what it would be uh, me writing myself a letter from January 15th of 2023, really congratulating myself on all the things that I accomplished and all the things that I was intentional about. And really, in a lot of ways, it's what I have a lot of my clients do each and every year so that we can gain some clarity. Because on my side, that's where I get to create the playbook, right? We get to look at what the person wants to be intentional about, and then we can reverse engineer back. And that's what like really gets me excited about the type of work that I do with uh, a lot of the clients that I have right now. And and, and I've been doing the same thing. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, not only as a dietitian and a, and a performance mentor, I'm always testing things out. And this is one thing that I've tested out and it's tried and true. And the whole reason why I'm telling you about this is because this year um, I've, I've gotten away from strict outcomes, like financial goals. I've gotten away from uh, follower goals, right? Subscription goals. I've gotten away from that. And I've, and it's really seen an evolution of being more intentional. And so with today, I figured that it would kind of tap into intentionality behind like what I'm working on just so that you all can, cause I'm in the trenches with you. I, I think that's where I just need to be very, very transparent. Uh, I am not perfect. I have my struggles. I have my vices. Uh, I do not interact with uncomfortable feelings well at sometimes. And it's my responsibility, my radical responsibility to be in my body, to be in my mind and to show up in all places of my life as the healthiest, happiest and 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 truly highest self, right? And, and that's that's my that's my radical responsibility. 
Okay, so I say all of this, and I kind of mentioned this. So if you hadn't seen it, you're hearing this for the first time. And if I had a soundboard, I would throw a, a huge crowd noise behind. Uh, but the cool thing about this year is my wife and I are going to be having a little baby boy at the end of June. Um, and in so many ways, I I honestly wasn't prepared for it. I, I really wasn't. You know, it was definitely planned. It, you know, it wasn't a surprise like our first one. <laughs> um, this one was definitely planned. And even though it was planned in a lot of ways, you know, I like to think of 2021 as a, as a real year of really hard, hard, intentional growth. But another thing that came out of it, too, and all of the pain and, and all of like, um, I mean, I don't want to call it disappointment because it the things that happened in last year needed to happen, right? I changed my business model. I really started going in on projects like this. I really started seeing the fruit of that labor in the long term and not just the short term, right? And so the, after all of those changes with what I deemed at the end of the year, like, damn, like how many, in how many ways did I fail? Like how many ways did I try to create feedback here? Like shit. Um, one of the phenomenal things that came from it through all the pain and through all the inner work was showing up as my healthiest self. And what that did for us in our marriage was so, it was so tremendous because a little life was brought out of it. And, and, th and that's really the truest abundance to me. Um, you know, cause I didn't meet certain goals that I thought I wanted to meet. And, and like I said, I think I've changed it from really strict, hard goals and reverse engineering back and a little bit more towards intentions. What, what, what would, what would be a huge joy for me to look at at the end of the year and be like, you know what, like you did a phenomenal job of being intentional about those things and you created systems and habits and rituals in the same way that you teach your clients, same way that you teach podcast listeners and, you know, anyone who is a part of this beautiful community, you know, you're able to do that. And that feels good. So one of the things that came out of 2021 was obviously this, this beautiful life that, uh, you know, we were able to create and, I grew up the oldest of five. There's four boys and then my little sister, Marisa. Shout out to you, Mies. Um, and, and my brothers, obviously. What up, what up guys? Uh, <laughs> but there's five of us. And I think one of the things that I grew up hearing like more often than not was always my mom saying, hey, you're going to have all girls so that God can teach you patience. <laughs> So in my mind, I was like, I am for sure going to have a girl like I'm, I'm going to be a girl dad. I'm going to I'm going to be like Kobe. Right. There's just no there isn't a boy in in the in the cards for me. And when I found out, like I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And I just want permission from you all to get real vulnerable and, and emotional because, you know, I, I've talked about a little bit about my child and a little bit about my parents and um while they did the best that they could, there's a lot of things that that was really hard about the way that we grew up. And and I'm so thankful for the bond that we all have because of it. But for me, being a dad, like I my first thought about it is, you know, I think about my dad, you know, phenomenal person, loving, um, intelligent, smart, you know, pretty much grew up in, in the in the hood. Um did the best that he could and and he got us out of that that environment and i think for so many reasons like he is he's one of my biggest heroes and and because he's one of my biggest heroes that's also acknowledging that he wasn't perfect and a lot of the imperfections comes a lot of the pain right and and i think 
being a dad to a little boy brings up a lot of that stuff for me. So in a lot of ways, uh, this is going to be really great. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. I think that's normal though, right? Like you have a life <laughs> and, and you want to teach them how to be good people, right? And how to love people and, and how to love what they do and, and, and all of these things. So I, I figured it would be a real cool episode today kind of doing things a little bit outside the box. But I, I think as listeners, you, you've come to find that uh, I do that uh, straight up. I have ADHD. So I'm just trying to hit you from all the different angles that my mind goes, to be honest. But I figured today would be a really cool project. And this is something that my son can listen to, um, you know, when, when he's of age, possibly a teenager or something like that. We can point back to this. So as listeners, I just I want you to allow me permission to to be real vulnerable here. Um, I'm going to be speaking to my son right now and you all get to listen. And, and I think there's a lot of life lessons in here that we can all really resonate with and um, things that you can't just, you know, you're just sitting back and you're getting to listen right now. So I'm going to be from this point on, I'm going to be referring uh to my son, I'm gonna be talking to my son, just like as if we were having a conversation. And and I think it's perfect timing. And you know, getting geared up for this podcast was really hard because it's it's vulnerable. Vulnerability's hard, you know. So yeah, this will be good though. You'll be healing. And that's what I'm sure a lot of you as listeners are are doing some sort of healing, you know, if it's imposter syndrome, health business, uh, relationships, any of that. I mean, if, if you are someone who has felt pain and we all have, you understand the value of, of working through that in a, in a healthier way. So, uh, fuck, let's do this. All right, my guy, as you listen to this, you were probably going to be, um, I mean, I would guess you're, you're a teenager by this point. I would guess because your mom is not going to, your mom's not gonna let her let you listen to this as a as a young kid. Um, it's, yeah, no, he's he's gonna listen to it at some point, and it's gonna be a cool moment. You know, whatever fifteen years from now, when I'm fuck man, I'm in my fifties, listening to my voice. You know, in my mid thirties, that's gonna be a cool moment, and I'm excited for it. So this very last episode that we are talking about in our all-star episode, the last 100, you know I had to bring my girl Sandy back. Uh, I actually found her very randomly in a Facebook group when I when I posted to 40,000 some odd podcast-oriented people saying, hey, I got this really great podcast about helping people to dive into their own hero's journey and to navigate high-performance habits to bring themselves into the healthiest version of anything that they do. I'm interested in amplifying people of color and and high performers who really want to chase those dreams. Anyone want to jump on? The form that I actually released didn't work. (laughs) Sandy DM'd me on IG. She DM'd me on Facebook with one of the most profound stories of where she's come from and what she's doing today. And I absolutely had to have her on. And so she's someone that Sandy, if you're listening to this, we will meet in real life. We will become friends in real life at some point because we connected instantly. And I'm so glad that she's going to, to kind of end our, our all-star episodes with some of the value that she provided. 
uh, in our episode together. As always, if you want to listen to the full one, you got to go back and make sure that you take the time to be there for episode 90. So stop overthinking it and go do it scared. Let's go. No, I, I absolutely love that. I mean, obviously, the last two years has really transformed a lot of how we all connect. And um, yeah, I've been incredibly grateful to, to have a platform and be able to connect with people like yourself, where uh, after the conversation, the hope is like, hey, I, I could definitely be Sandy's friend. So I'm so glad to, to have you on. Um, so Sandy, I, I want to ask, uh, so this podcast is about the hero's journey. This podcast is about diving into people's habits and rituals and really in a lot of ways, their origin story. So uh, I guess a good place to start is what is creating passion in your life? What are you, what are you involved in that is just like, I love this. I wake up every single freaking day and I, and I go do this. Like, so tell me about that. Um, that's a great, great question. So I'll, I'll take you through kind of just taking a little bit of a step back because, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my driving force had been there as far as what motivates and inspires me. However, it took a little bit to get to a point where I realized and pinpointed what you could say was like my why, right? Yeah, yeah. And at the height of the pandemic, um, I I didn't formally introduce myself, but I am a speaker, certified health coach. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had over 15 years in the workforce as a leader um, in different capacities and in different forms. And this global pandemic hits and my company gets acquired. And, oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and as all jokes aside, I am like one step away from a leadership position that I wanted so bad, like so bad. Damn and it. <laughs> it's like, okay, you have to start over at this point because the company's acquired. I don't know the people at the parent company. And I'm an I'm a chronic overachiever, recovery. Recovering <laughs> chronic overachiever. Recovery. <laughs> we're, we're still in recovery, right? Yeah. And I literally sacrificed everything for career success. When I'm talking friends, relationships, just being even healthy. I I was giving up all types of focus on living a healthy life, just over overdoing it all for career success. And here, all of this is happening. The company decides, look, we're going to acquire you. I come into this new company. I don't have a sense of any type of clarity. We're in a global pandemic. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like all of all roads are leading to what <laughs> is going on. What and is this so, life? <laughs> right. Right. So many unknowns. And I end up on the phone with a mentor and I'm just going like sitting at the table, crying, all of the feels, all of the emotions. Like I cried so much. I started getting a headache even on the call. So I'm just yeah. going in about like how betrayed I felt, my timelines, the company did me wrong. This is out of control. And I'm going and he stops me. He goes, Sandy, look at your phone. I looked at my phone 18 minutes, 18 (laughs) minutes since we started the call and I was just going. And I'm so thankful now when I look back at that because he pointed me to a scripture and I'm a person of faith. Yeah. And um, that biblical scripture is one that says, you know, seek first Matthew six and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Mm -hmm. He points my attention to it and I'm like, okay, 
I guess. And I, I, him and I usually close out our conversations in prayer. And so he's Mm -hmm. praying for me and I'm crying. And in my heart, I'm like, I got to surrender. I'm like, I got to surrender because even as we're on the phone and this is like, right. You know, early pandemic phase, people weren't all really doing the video thing. He hadn't known. Nobody would have known in quarantine by myself at home. I already gained 30 pounds at the point of that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Those 30 pounds meant that I was at risk for diabetes, mm-hmm. high blood pressure and, and obese. And yeah. my doctor told me this pre, cause I already knew that was my peak. So food started becoming a comfort. And as mm-hmm. you know, as a dietitian, child, yeah. once you start eating crazy like that, your budget is out of whack. Your money, <laughs> you know, your budget, right? Your it's budget. like financial budget and then also emotional budget too. So you're all absolutely it. right. Yeah. All of it. And so I am on this call. We prayed it out and I surrendered. I was like, you know what, God, I surrender. I'm just going to go ahead, let it ride, figure out things. I trust you. And I also just made this declaration to myself. Even if I'm in corporate America, I'm like, you know what? Corporate America is ghetto. That's all. I just started saying it. I was like, it's ghetto here. It's ghetto. ghetto. You guys suck. I'm out. I was like, it's ghetto because obviously they have their goals. They have their objectives. They have their strategic milestones. None of that has to do with my health and wellness, like my personal well-being. And so today, that's why I started getting this passion around it. I said, you know what? I'm going to help career-driven women find harmony and healing in the workplace, in their homes, and in their faith. Because so many of us think it's all about the hustle and the bustle and the work and just like climbing this ladder. But the yeah. data is clear. We're still not making the advancements we need to make. And I'm, I'm yeah. out here dehydrated. Like, <laughs> I'm dehydrated. I'm gaining weight. Okay. My skin is like, I'm not well. <laughs> I'm not well. You want me to be well, but I'm not well. And yeah. a lot of that is because when goals are being set and strategies are being put in place, the people are like a piece of the puzzle, but they don't consider always the emotional aspect and yeah. the focus on their well-being. We're having the conversation now as the data shows like sitting is the new smoking, you yeah. know, yeah. while data is coming out around people wanting companies to talk about well-being, women are still not advancing at the levels they are. People of color are not advancing at the levels that they should, but we still have a hustle mentality. We still have a work hard mentality. We still have a like, pick yourself from the bootstrap. Like all of that is just so, so false because we've been doing that. So clearly- while waiting for systemic changes to happen in the workplace, while waiting for them to kind of wake up and say, look, I got to change things if I want to keep my talent. Yeah. We need to be focused on well-being. We need yeah. to be eating healthy. We need to be waking up every day, being mindful. I'm prayerful every morning. My first order of business is prayer, reading yeah. my Bible. I'm like, I drink my water. And so <laughs> I started telling people, look, if your name ain't Jesus, don't speak to me. I'm not, 9 a.m. I'm not speaking to anybody if your name is not Jesus. I okay? love that. <laughs> because, because the more that I do that, I'm better at work. All right. Episode 100. GarageBand is about to kick me off with all the time limit that I have. So once again, thank you so much, everyone, for your role in getting us to 100. I'm so thankful for you. 
It's exactly why we're doing this giveaway. Once again, all you have to do in order to get some podcast merch, a life-changing journal, and a life-changing month in free one-to-one performance coaching by yours truly, all you have to do is go rate, review, take a screenshot, send it over to us at Desi Abeda or at I Made It Pod to enter. We will announce that winner on May 6th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard. Without further ado, y'all, I'm in for another 100. Thank you so much for your role in this. Such a big moment for all of us. Let's go. What's up, high performers, high performance mentor and dietitian Desi here. Before I let you go, I just want to speak to your heart real quick. If there's something inside of one of these stories or inside of one of these episodes that is really resonating with you, it's because I'm speaking to the high performer in you. So there's two things that I want you to do before you get done here. One, if you're looking to surround yourself with other high performers and you're looking to get more of a cue with how to become the high performer that you need to become, I want you to join our Facebook. It's called the High Performers Club. I'll make sure that we have that in the show notes of each and every episode. All you got to do is click on the link, answer a couple questions and you're in and you get full access to a wide variety of free videos, free content for you, free ways for you to, to step up and become the high performer that you need to become. On the other end, we also know that information is readily available. It's the application that people need to invest in in order to get to that point where they have sustainable change towards their habits and towards their high performing selves. And so if you're looking in ways to work with me, please click on the link, fill out a couple questions and see what kind of spots are available in the moment. I would love to work with you if you are someone who is looking to become the high performer that you need to become because it's what I do. Love y'all. Thanks for listening.